Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Suave. I've been in my back for a while, I'm invincible. Story of a young boss, grinding shit critical. Calling on my bros one time, cause you special. I had some who dreams of right rounds for my mentor. Every target that I shoot is on point like a pencil. Different road change relationships, I'm so sorry. Came up from the trenches and I made it, I say hardly. Now- the holiday season is off and rolling, with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all of your sports wagering info. With up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the Big Four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All righty, guys. We are back with another episode of the What's in Your Bag podcast presented by Bet Online. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Robinson, and we are back with our special, special guest, Alexis. Alexis, how's it going? Good. <laughs> oh, Alexis. Yes. Oh, now, obviously, as you guys can tell from this episode, we have a wonderful, wonderful guest that we're getting ready to introduce in a second. Um, but before we introduce our guests, we got to get the business out of the way. As you guys know, if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and stop what you're doing right now. Tap that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. You know what I'm saying? It goes a long way. Show us some love. Um, if you're hearing this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google, um, go ahead and give the show a five-star rating. And give us some feedback. You know, we appreciate it. You know, positive or negative, it goes a long way. Um, that was my guy, Pull Up Tay, on the intro. It's going to be him on the outro. I'm going to show you guys stream his music one of the hottest up-and-coming artists out of the DMV. But now that we got the business out of the way, guys, um, we have a special, special guest, man, that we are super, super excited to be talking to today. Um, we are pleased to be joined by Jolie Live, uh, formerly yes. of Young Hollywood. Uh, she is very, very, you know, well-traveled in the industry. Obviously, Sports Illustrated. Um, I mean, I don't know. We are honored to have you on, Jolie. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes, yes. So we got a lot to get into, guys. And if you're watching this, I'm sure you guys are already familiar with Jolie, uh, her podcast, Pucker Up, is doing numbers. I love it. You know what I'm saying? You guys get to the T on there, you know, so we're going <laughs> to get to, you know, some, we're going to try to give Jolie a taste of her own medicine towards the end of this, you know, see if she can get her to spill some tea, have a little bit of fun, you know, but before we get into that, um, we kind of want to make sure we touch on your journey, man, and just talk about how you kind of got here today. So before we get into all the heavy hitting stuff, man, let's let's get right to the nitty gritty. Let's get right to the nitty gritty. So yeah. obviously, you go by Jolie Live, right? Yes, I do. The original name is Jolie Rice. So yeah. can you talk to us about the the origin? <laughs> man? Where did the Jolie Live come from? Because I'm not going to lie, the name is fire. You know what I'm saying? It, it rolls about <laughs> something, you know? <laughs> That's good digging for you because not a lot of people, not a lot of people know that. So that's very research, good. Research. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. You know, my legal name, um, but Jolie Live was kind of born. So I started modeling when I was five years old. Um, my mom kind of got me into it because my sister was originally wanting to model my, she's older than me and I'm from Syracuse, New York. So we're like three hours from the city. So my mom was like, if we're going to cart Jordan down like three hour car rides, we're going to just have Jolie do it too. 
So um, my sister was like nine, I was like five. And then I kind of took off with it more than my sister did. And my sister was getting car sick. So my sister stopped, I continued, but we have like a Lake Marina business. So it's like my address is technically online. So my mom was like, oh, let's like change her name. So like, if you Google Jolie Rice, my address doesn't come up because my dad's name is Jerry Rice. So usually it doesn't come up like because yeah. the jerry rice comes up right. but if you google jerry rice it would come up and be like oh like here's her address pretty much yeah. so my mom was like let's change it and i was five so i didn't even i i think i remember her like saying like why it happened when i was like older like they changed it to live but um that was my mom my mom changed my name and that's just what stuck and i didn't really care i was like whatever that works for me so that's how it was born Love it. Love it. Okay. So doing your different, um, you know, just Macy's children's places, all the different things early on when you, I guess kind of a two-part question first, when you yeah. were doing those different brands, like at five and six, did you realize it, that this was like a big deal? And like the average five-year-old is like just going to kindergarten, eating fruit snacks and going home. Like they're not like modeling. Like, did you realize that you were not the average kindergartner at the time? I think because the thing was, is I'm from like a super, super small town where there's like, there was 20 kids in my grade. So everyone knows everybody. A lot of us are cousins, like weirdly, like everyone's like related. So it was one of those things, like what I was doing, you couldn't not know about it. It wasn't a big school at all. And like, it was a really small town. So everyone around kind of was like, I was in like magazines that we got in school and like parents would go to like, I've been hanging in Target, you know what I mean? So people would kind of know. And then that's kind of when I was like, oh, like this is real. Like people are seeing this kind of thing. But because I was so young and it was, I was there, like I was there more than I was like in school realistically. So my thing was, that was so normal to me because I didn't know anything like different because I grew up doing it. So I, I think I just didn't think anything of it. Like I was, but like when I was home, I was like riding four wheelers, like catching frogs, like in the pond. Like I was like a tomboy. And then like during the day I was like girly girl getting makeup done and all this stuff. So like when I was home, I was like home, like a little boy. And then when I was in New York city, I was like a girly girl. So like, I didn't even think about it. Like I literally just didn't think about it. It was so, it was, it's weird. It's, it's so weird. That's crazy. So also, you got a chance to model with Giselle, you know, obviously, yeah. <laughs> what was that like? Because, I mean, she's like a super duper duper model. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's the model. Um, It was <laughs> funny because I obviously modeled my whole life from five to 19 years old, but I wanted to get signed with IMG so bad, the modeling agency. Um, They were like, they still might be number one. They were number one at the time. Like it, that was like the agency to be signed with. And I always had like size problems. Like my hips were too big, like didn't have, like wasn't like six feet tall kind of thing. So I was like, I want to be able to get signed with IMG and Giselle at the time was with IMG models. And I was like, I need to do something big to prove to IMG that I have what it takes to be with them. <laughs> so I, we have family friends, Matt Light, he was on the offensive line for the Patriots when Tom Brady was the quarterback. And our Lake Marina business, they were renting one of our cabins. And so our families kind of got close. And so we were, we asked Matt Light, like, hey, if I wrote a letter, like handwritten to Giselle, like, could you give it to Tom to give to Giselle when they were married at the time? And he did give it to Tom. 
Tom set up the photo shoot. Like Tom had his people reach out to me. So it was like technically because of Tom Brady at the time. I don't know who the force now, but Tom Brady is the reason that I did that shoot with Giselle. So nice. that was, yeah, hey. I did get signed to IMG. <laughs> after oh, oh, I did oh. Giselle. So. Yo, we might gotta we might gotta get those. Do you still have the pictures from that shoot? We might gotta get those and clip that when we post this, man. That'd yeah, be- I'll send them all to you. There's BTS and me like shaking, yeah. screaming. Like it was nuts. We need yeah. it. We need it. That's crazy. Um yeah. so kind of on that on that same token, I kind of want to ask because I think this is something that um is not really talked about a lot, but I always was curious about because somebody like yourself, man, like you've been in the industry and working since you know you were five and doing these shoots, modeling, acting, like um, you were essentially like a child star. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so what, I want to talk about the other side of that because I feel like people always see, for example, like the, the Disney stars, or there's always these narratives like how it's tough, you know, being in a spotlight that young and people can go one of two ways. You know what I'm saying? So what was that like for you dealing with the, I guess, being in the spotlight, um, not having that traditional school life as a child? Yeah, I think a lot of it was, I just like grew up like my parents are hustlers like they always taught me to like work hard and like whatever you do like you're putting in your best effort to it and like whoever you meet is someone like valuable kind of thing so I think just staying because like to me too like current day like I'm still grinding and I haven't made it like even close to where I want to make it so like that whole modeling chapter of my life was insane but it's almost like I block it out because that's like part of the journey but I'm not even close to the destination that I want to be yet so it's like one of those things like it's great and a lot of that benefited like where I'm at now but I don't think about it like that like I'm happy of what happened and who I met and it's like leading me to where I want to go but like I'm still like grinding and doing it, but it's definitely like looking back on it is like weird, like the journey of it all, but it felt pretty normal doing it growing up. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, I didn't feel like a child star at all, but it was pretty crazy. The shit that I was, the shit that I was doing, like sometimes I'm like, oh damn, like (laughs) that was kind of nuts. So, but it's all been fun. For sure. Do you think like when you were doing the modeling and like acting gigs here and there, did you ever like when you were watching TV at home, did you ever say like, oh, I want to be on that show or like a Disney channel or like, you know, did you have like any shows that you're like, I want to be on that show? Just how you knew like you wanted to sign to IMG. Did you ever like have like a show on Disney channel or like Nickelodeon that you were like, okay, I want to feature a role or I want to be the main character of X show? That's actually a really, really good question because I've never been asked that, but that's like that's like tea, but, um, I never, I I'm trying to, okay. Hannah Montana. I was like, I want like, I'm like her cause I'm like Miley in school. And then I'm like Hannah and like the modeling in the city. So I always like, I'm Hannah Montana. So <laughs> I was Hannah Montana for Halloween. So that might've been like one little phase I went through at like 10, but my biggest thing really was, um, cause I was a sports illustrated kid reporter when I was 10. So I interviewed NFL athletes and stuff. Like I entered a contest, ended up winning. And I said this in my Sports Illustrated submission like video before I walked in Miami, but the one thing like literally that has been always on my mind in like my life is being in Sports Illustrated magazine because I saw Kate Upton on the cover when I was in the Sports Illustrated offices when I was 10, like because I went to the headquarters to interview Kurt Warner and Kate Upton's spread was everywhere in the office. 
And I literally was like, I want to do that like to my mom. And like, I remember it. Like, you know how it's like when you're young, you remember bits and pieces of something like, but you don't remember exactly what you said, like how you would as an adult. I do remember it so clearly in my head, but um, I like saw her on the bodegas in New York city. And like, that was the one thing that always was like, I want to do that. It was, it wasn't really Disney or Nickelodeon or anything. It was like literally sports illustrated. That was like my one big thing. Amazing. And I definitely want to come back to that. Cause I want to touch on that like whole full circle moment when you actually yeah. going to get it, you know, but I do want to ask like for the people who don't know what that's like, right. Doing the, you know, the modeling and the shoots at five years old, or even like doing the sports illustrator stuff at 10 years old, right. Like as much as you can remember, what does that actually look like? What, what was your schedule like on day to day trying to like manage school and going to shoots yeah. and being on the road? Like, People who maybe on the outside looking in, like, what does that actually look like? Yeah, it was, it was a lot. So I, again, Syracuse to New York City was like three and a half, four hours. And so every road trip, my mo- my dad would drive and my mom would be in the back with me to help with schoolwork or like help with just keeping me tame because I'm five. <laughs> um, But as I grew up, like, obviously, like, we just hung out. Like, we were so close, obviously, because of all the, like, car rides and stuff. But I'd say like three days a week, I was not in school um, two or three times. So like Monday through Friday, two days a week, I would say I wasn't there because it's like I have to go down for castings. And if I book the job, then I go right back down. So what would usually happen is my parents would get me up at 4 a.m. We drive to the city, do the casting, do the photo shoot, drive home the same day so I could go to school the next day, Mm -hmm. go to school. If I booked it or whatever, then we'd just do that again. But usually we always came home it was like a down and back every time and I would miss school or I would do half days so I could literally get up at like 3 a.m with my parents do the casting at 9 a.m in New York City drive back and be in school by the afternoon so I was always just in the car pretty much um but if we had to stay over my parents always made sure that we stayed at Great Wolf Lodge in the Poconos because that was on our way home so I was happy so like I would celebrate by being able to swim in like the hotel pool or like go to the water park like that was the reward of doing good so like when you were going to all these things, um, how did your parents like find out about these casting calls? Because I know like for me, one time I was driving the car with my dad and they had a yeah. Disney channel just kind of like voiceover on the literally on the radio and they were casting for Ant Farm. So my dad literally took me. So like, how did you like, how did your mom find out about all these like castings? Cause there's not like back then there isn't like a, um, you know, like now for like sports jobs, you go on LinkedIn, everybody's yeah. is right there. There is no like child star LinkedIn. So like, how did she <laughs> find like these different jobs, like to, you know, even take you to the castings? Yeah, yeah so because I'm about to take these notes for when I have my child. I'm gonna just yeah, right. <laughs> this is what we need to do. Get them and get them in Sports Illustrated. Um, my mom did like hella research. Um, and ended up getting an agent. It was called Generation Modeling Management. Um, it was more kids, so I was with Generation, and they would send everything to my mom. So like everything went through them. So I technically had a manager management that and they were like popping like I had so much stuff coming in from them and like they had big people um I went into the offices a few times I remember that too very clearly um and yeah so she found out everything through generation the sports illustrated thing was a posting online that my mom had seen and then was like do you want to do this like she always would ask me if I wanted to do something before I did it like she wasn't just like we're doing this today like she was a great mom in the sense like everything was a choice um but 
the Sports Illustrated was separate, but everything else was all like Barbie, Martha Stewart, Children's Place, Toys R Us, Gap. That was all through Generation. I had one agent and she did everything. That's fire. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. It was, they, they were doing their thing. They, they, they yeah, did and there was thing, no man. social media, no Instagram, no nothing. Like it was, my mom had a like flip phone. Like shit was different. Like a big one. That's tough. It's weird like, to think no, about. Bro. So I want to ask, right? So you're on the, we're, we're me and Lex are both, you know, journalism folks, you know, communications folks. Yeah. And um, obviously you're obviously in that industry as well. And I wanted to ask because I know you went to school, obviously for broadcast and mass communication. Mm-hmm. And my mind, right, where it goes when I hear that is like, you know, you went to college, you got your degree, the whole step of the way you're in school and stuff, right? I want to know like why, because you do Sports Illustrated, like you're doing the yeah. modeling, right? You're already kind of in that lane. Most kids yeah. drop out of school or don't kind of continue through college with their, because they're already in the industry doing their whole creative thing. And it's like, it's a grind. Like you just described the, the four hour drives always in the car. It's a lot to try to do both. So for you, what was the motivation that you had to kind of stay in school? Um, what was the reason that you ended up, you know, going with communications? I'm also curious as well. Um, like where that whole you know love for just interviewing and communications and all that come from? Yeah. So my mom always was like, cause I wasn't big on school necessarily. Like I learned through experience. Like I always was like, I'm going to learn more outside of school. Like I don't need to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like every kid ever. But, um, my mom was like, the one thing no one can take from you is your education. Like I'll help you through whatever you want, but you're getting your degree. You have no choice for getting you a degree. And I was down, obviously. I wasn't like, no, I'm not going to college. I did it online, so it was fine or whatever. But I did want that too because the one thing is like, obviously modeling nothing was like fairy tales and great and rainbows. Like it was actually way harder than it was great to be honest with you. So my thing was like, the only thing that kept me sane, which is ironic because I wasn't like fully like, oh my God, let me do online classes. But what kept me sane is literally doing college classes. Like, because when you're in New York, I, I moved to New York City when I was 17 to like be with IMG and model and stuff. And so when you're not getting on casting calls and stuff, like you think like, what, am, why am I here? What am I doing kind of thing? So I was doing school. So I didn't overthink anything. You know what I mean? Like I have a degree to get, like I have, I'm working on myself type of thing, but the education and like getting the degree and everything was definitely my mom, <laughs> like being like, we're going to enroll you here. We're going to do this. But it was good because public speaking, like I had always been like interviewing people obviously and stuff like that, but public speaking, even though it was online taught me so much about journalism and just the classes I had to take a law class and I loved it which I don't know why I did that like or why I loved it but it was like a challenge but it was nice like it kept me sane for sure but education was definitely because of my parents like they were like you're gonna stay with it and I got the degree I got it early because I finished my junior and senior year of high school online is like with my freshman and sophomore of college mm-hmm. so it's like confusing but it was like I had enough credits to get my high school degree at the same time I got like two years done of college. That's so tough. I graduated so early. Like I got my degree when I'm pretty sure like my classmates were like graduating high school. So it was like you was on you was on top of your stuff then. You on top of your everyone's book. like you're so smart. Like you're just like you finished college. I'm like, no, no. I am not smart. I just rigged the system. Like let's let's be careful with how smart I am. Like I'm not that smart. So, like it was just the credits. <laughs> love it, love it, I love it. So I do have one quick follow up. I know, you know before we get into the SI, like, I think you mentioned something that I do actually want to ask about because you mentioned how like the modeling thing, right? And you were talking about how like it was actually like kind of 
more terrible sometimes than, than positive. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand that. You know what I'm saying? Like I was in LA for like five, for like a month and a half before I went back to Japan to play. And I met a couple of people who were in the industry and like got to talking and having conversations. They're like, yo, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people don't really talk about when it comes to the modeling yeah. industry as far as like the battle it had, the, the toll it takes on your, on your mental health as far as like always having to watch your figure and what you're putting in your body and your agent might be like, you might post something on your Instagram story and oh, well, what are you eating? Or, oh, do you think you should be drinking? And this, all this kind of stuff. Like, or obviously you got the agents that people will say, oh, well, you know, what are you going to do for me if you want to book this shoe? All type of crazy stuff. So I kind of wanted to give you opportunity to kind of expound upon some of that a little bit um, on what your experience was like and kind of some of the, I guess, negative aspects that people might not really consider when they think about they're seeing these covers and they're seeing the pictures and they're like, oh yeah. my God, that's so cool, right? But then I'm thinking about the other side of it where, um, I mean, just like anything else, there's positives, but then there's also negatives when it comes to the industry. Yeah, for sure. It seems like it's very different now because of social media and like a lot of different type body types and stuff for modeling. But when I was growing up and when I was in it and grinding to get signed with IMG, it was like a lot of, it was all mental. It's all physical for sure. Like at that time, like it was all your hips. Like I'm naturally just have hips. Like I can't get rid of that. Like that's how I'm shaped type of thing. But like, they're like, no, no, you need to lose so much weight. And I'm like, I already don't weigh anything. You know what I mean? So it was like, just in general, like the modeling world back then was tough, man. Like all I did was literally work out diet and like, that's it like it's all you know you like you are a professional athlete like what you put in your body is literally everything like how you train is gonna like dictate your whole entire life so it's similar to being an athlete is like everything is like structured and everything you have to pay attention to but I think everything looks good when you're like back then posting just had started happening and stuff like that like Instagram was just kind of popping off and musically was then so like people weren't really posting TikToks or anything or like really explaining how they felt. But as much as like everything seemed great, like it was a grind, like nothing was easy. Like the modeling world was cutthroat and you had to like, it's all mental and like res being resilient to the industry and stuff. But I think, at I wish at the time more people talked about how it actually was because you couldn't look up anything anywhere that actually gave the reality of what you're getting yourself into. And that's why I went out on platforms to kind of tell my story. And that's how I shifted over to like journalism and like interviewing people and stuff. Cause I'm just like, no one's talking about anything. People are just not talking. And it's like, no, this shit is hard. Like This yeah. is very hard. And like being like 15 to 19, when I don't even like when I'm going through just like becoming like a different version of myself like it's so much stuff is like happening so that's like kind of what triggered like going online and starting to talk and like have a voice because no one was saying anything like no one was talking about it so it was crazy it's crazy so I know you said your um your mom saw the posting for the SI kid reporter thing. Um, so when it came to the process of getting casted for the swimsuit, how like what what was that like? I guess from okay, deciding I'm gonna do this to applying to however many rounds to actually get it. Cause even with like if you want to be like a sports writer now, there's like five. Yeah rounds so like they're really trying to just screen out everyone so like what was that um I guess you could say selection and application process like yeah that was crazy too so 
the, I, I was 2021, 2022, but I remember in 2020, they had a casting and I was going to audition for it, but I was like, I need one more year to like grow myself, get my mental right, have my body. So I was going to audition in 2020, but then I stopped myself and was like, just give yourself one more year. Like it's going to be worth it. So then when 2021 came around, I literally like worked the whole year to make sure like I was going to be able to audition next year and be happy with like my life at the time, because you wouldn't need to be confident and proud of what you're doing like in life to be able to audition for something like that's like my top goal of my entire life. So I auditioned in 2021 and they had originally posted it and were like, we're doing submissions. Like, obviously my heart's like dropping. I'm like, oh my God, I have to do it. So I went and I did my video on El Matador Beach um, in Malibu, like right up the road from where I live. And well, with traffic, it's like an hour, but it's up the road. <laughs> um, but they had video submissions to be um, in the magazine. And then they had a second round that they were doing just on TikTok to walk the Miami show. So I did the TikTok version, like I had the video submitted it and everything like that, but then grinded for the TikTok submission because on there I was growing that platform through interviews that I was doing. And I was like, I have a shot if I can push for TikTok. So I was just hella spamming, like tagging them every day. They probably were so sick of me, but um, I was like, tag, 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 tag. And I, of course, use the Sports Illustrated like kid reporter angle because that's literally what sparked the dream of doing it. So from like November to June, I didn't know anything, was just grinding, posting, hoping, fingers crossed. And then June 2nd, I think it was, I had found out, like they had like messaged me in the app and were like, hey, like, what's your email? We'd love to email you. And I, like, they didn't say about what. And I was like, oh my God, like email me about what? So I was like, started crying. And then they emailed me and they're like, hey, like, we'd love to set up like a Zoom call with you. You've made it to the next round. Started bawling. I have it in my Snapchat memories, me just sobbing in the car. Like I literally got in the car and just started sobbing. And then um, found out on the Zoom call, they're like, do you want to walk in Miami? So it's like in the Miami show. And I was like, yes, of course, like trying to keep my composure. And um, then instantly started sobbing. I couldn't stop. Like I literally couldn't contain it. So it was like a grind from November to June. It was just like constantly posting and tagging and just staying confident and like fingers crossed and um, little things happened in between. Cause they had, I posted a TikTok of me, like there was like a perfect trend. So I did like my sports illustrated me interviewing Kurt Warner and like pictures and then transitioning to like, and this is me auditioning now. And they had reposted it on their TikTok, but they didn't tell me they were doing it and they didn't say anything for months. So I was like, what does it mean? You're posting it. Like, does this, is this good? Is this bad? Like, obviously it's not bad, but I was like, oh my God. So there's like little things that were happening that I was like, please, please God, please God. And then it ended up like a couple months later happening. So there's like little things in between, but it was, it was crazy. And it was, it was fun. Yeah. When you were, when you were posting on TikTok, was it just like your normal content that you would normally be doing and just tagging them? Or like, are you making a content plan geared around SI, like what were you doing like for those seven months? So I was doing, I went and I filmed my video like in a bikini and stuff like that. So every time there was like a trend that everyone was doing, I would use my submission footage that I had submitted like the full two minute videos like that you have to submit. I was breaking those clips down and posting those on TikToks in whatever trend was trending and applied it to like being able to submit. And then every other video was my interview. So it was kind of like, what's going on? Because it's like just swimsuit videos, tagging SI and then at my like interviews. Regular life, yeah. But everything was 
I'm like the content plan was like cropping all my footage to trend. So it was like an excuse to tag SI. It wasn't, I didn't tag him in any interviews, but I had interviewed some of the models and people associated. So anytime I would interview them in between, I would obviously tag SI and be like, look, but, um, it was all SI or like bikini content. So you may or may can't answer this, but okay. when you did the, when, when you, um, when you did SI swim, do they make you sign an NDA? They, there's a contract, but it wasn't, um, I don't think it was an NDA. My mom and I read it over together. I was just like, I'll sign whatever, like I'll sign my life away to you. Like I can sign whatever you want. I will initial, I will do whatever you need me to do. Um, there was like certain things about like postings and stuff, but I think that I don't think it was an NDA because like they want you to talk about it. Like yeah. they want you to be like, obviously not talking like a negative way, which <laughs> would have never, but um, it was more so just like promote yourself and just like the standard, like this is what you're getting yourself into type of thing. Yeah. Um. So you talked about how this was like your life goal. One of the biggest things that you were like striving for from when you seen, you know, the like, Upton magazine when you were a kid and like, I just want to, you mentioned obviously when you found out you're bawling your eyes out and things like that, but I kind of want to know what did that mean to you? I guess looking back, right, it's been a year since you know it's happened and stuff. How do you reflect on that now, you know, because that's a, such a huge accomplishment and obviously congrats for that. Um, but I just want to kind of, I want, I kind of want to get your, your, your thoughts on that, man, because I think when you really unpack it, it's like an extraordinary accomplishment. And I think it says a lot about, the power of like setting your mind to something, you know, and when you're a kid seeing something and then actually putting a plan in place to make that happen, you know what I'm saying? So for you, what did that mean when you actually accomplished that? And even now, I mean, a year later, how do you reflect on that today? Yeah, that would, it was like all like a fever dream. Like even looking back, it's like seeing pictures. It doesn't, none of it feels real. Like, cause that was like my life goal. Like, and it's like, when you achieve something like that, it's like, what kind of like, what happens next? Or like now, like cross that off kind of thing. But I didn't get in the magazine through that. So to me, the dream is not overall, like my top dream is to still be in that magazine. Like I'll do whatever it takes. Like that's my dream is to open the pages and then that's where I am. So like, obviously like not say like the swimsuit, like that was a dream come true. Like literally changed my life, like my perspective on things, like goal, like a huge goal, but I want to be in that magazine. So like, my thing is like the dream isn't debt. Like it's like still the dream, you know what I mean? So like looking back on it like I cherish that and can't even believe it and I still like I still have it pinned on my Instagram I'm never unpinning that like that's literally pinned for life like that's staying right where it's gonna stay but I want to be in that magazine so bad like so bad so I'm gonna just keep auditioning until hopefully I get in the magazine <laughs> well you're, you're you're gonna be happy because you know there's something about the power of manifestation on the what's in your bad podcast we had a girl named uh, Michelle Alozzi <laughs> on here she's like an LA girl Cali girl as well and we had her on maybe like I think eight or nine months before uh, the World Cup but she was talking about how like you know she was playing for Team Nigeria but like her dream is to make the World Cup and you know this and that and I was like Michelle like we're gonna clip this clip and then when you make the roster like <laughs> And lo and behold, she made the roster, played in the, the World roster. Cup, like was a starter, like one of their best players. I'm like, wow. Like, 
So that was you guys. That was you guys. So the fact that, that you're saying now on the platform, you know what I'm saying? It's it's gonna happen now. And we're gonna save, save this clip and we're gonna play it as soon as you as soon as it's done, like boom. You know what I'm saying? That, that's why I was meant to do this. I was yeah. meant to do this just for this, just yeah. for that. <laughs> um I want to ask how how is that open doors for you? Like what did doing that SI swim cover? Um, excuse me, doing the SI swim, uh, how has that open doors for you? How, what type of opportunities have come from that? You mentioned like change your life. So I'm kind of interested to hear, you know, what life has been like after that. It changed my life to me because it gave me the confidence. Like it's just being surrounded by the sports illustrated women. Like a lot of it's like, how much is really real? How much is it fake? Like it's still modeling, blah, da, 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 da. Like you have so many different ideas of like how the experience would actually be. But like seriously meeting the SI team, like how normal they are and how much they want you to do good, like regardless of size and everything. And like, I'm not just saying that to say it, but it was like one of those things like that gave me the confidence to be like, no, you can do whatever you want. Like these women that you're surrounded by and they're all just grinding, like they have ideas, like it's all different types of like people, like astronauts and like teachers. And like, it's just like you all come together and it gives you a confidence that like you only could really gain from like interacting and doing the show you know what I mean so it I think it changed me to give me the confidence to just keep going because you never know what could happen and come from an opportunity and stuff and I think it's like and like also being in a bikini is just like a lot like as like someone who's like when you're posting a bikini like obviously every girl likes posting bikini pics especially like when you work out a lot and like you work hard on your body but like even just being proud to show off your body because it's just like sport. If I'm doing sports illustrated, like it can't be that bad. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I can kind of post whatever I want. So I think it just changed my life and my perspective. And is as in like giving myself confidence to be like, no, just go do it because you just never know what could happen. Like literally ever. Like I started pucker up really after, like, obviously I had to get through things and it took like a year. But like even just the Sports Illustrated show being like, no, like if you want to make, you got to work hard, think of new fresh ideas and like Pucker Up was born because of it. So there's just so many different like mental things that like it gave me the confidence to do and start. So when you um were in Miami, how do they decide like, okay, this person is wearing this, this person is wearing this. Is there like a... um a designer um because I know like it's kind of different than like a normal fashion show like normal fashion show is literally just to show off it's less about like the actual models yeah. more about the actual clothes so that actual buyers will buy the clothes and sell them and said stores SI is more like about you guys so like yeah. how are like the different looks like curated like how what went into like what you wore just how did that whole like from the fashion side of things how did they decide you know what each person is wearing yeah for sure there was they have certain uh, brands that send bikinis like that are in like the fitting room but we were there I think like three or four days so the second day or like the day I landed I there was like a fitting room we were at a hotel so they had like a bungalow because it's like in Miami so like everything's like beachy bungalow whatever so there was like a bungalow hotel room that they had where it was just like the fitting room and obviously it's like iconic the Sports Illustrated has the Polaroid picture that all the girls take that's like super like oh my god your Polaroid which like in itself is insane but um they had just bikinis and bikinis and bikinis and racks of it so what happens is like you go in and then MJ the editor-in-chief um and who decides who does the show and who chose like chose me or whatever um and all the girls that won she is fitting you 
there with a couple obviously other like sports illustrated employees but she ended up fitting um picking out the bikinis that I wore so obviously we have a say like we can say like I want a two-piece or I want a one-piece like preference wise but they ended up they have certain designers I think they need to fit you in um that are like doing stuff with them for the show but MJ ended up fitting us in the bikinis that we ended up wearing I had two or I had three options and then they cut one and then I every girl had two walks so two bikinis and they give you each three and then they pick like after taking the Polaroids, which two you end up with. So there was three then narrowed down to two, but you could have a preference, but they ended up pairing you with what they thought you looked best in. You're on mute. I can't hear you. Sorry. Good call guys. See, that's, that's why there's multiple of us on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pivot a little bit to your time, to your, your endeavor with Pucker Up. And I think that's such a that's dope amazing. concept. Um, I love the show. I love the the concept of the show. Um, the 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 sour candy. You know, I love all that. So I want to talk about number one, like, what was the inspiration in starting that, and how did you come up with the concept as far as like the you know, all right, you got to answer it, so you got to do the candy. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's 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 super clever. And I I must say, me myself, I'm a a lover of sour candy. So I feel like I was watching them interviews. I'm like. Is that candy really that sour, yo? I That's love what everybody says. I love sour everything. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta find a way to try some of this candy she's got over there one of these days. <laughs> I know if you come to LA, we'll do an episode. But um, also, I can if you when if you don't have time, I'll send you guys goodie bags. So I have little pucker up goodie bags with all the levels, so you guys need to try all the candies. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, they're actually that sour because everybody always says it's not that sour. I'm like, bet. Okay, then you come on the show because you like they're literally so sour. Like people underestimate the power of pucker up, but the candies are sour trust like no one is faking it like it's burning your mouth off um but anyways <laughs> i so, pucker up's my favorite thing in the entire world i absolutely love pucker up it's my baby um and it's just so fun like you guys like you started this like you know like interviewing people and interacting with them is just like the best thing ever like meeting people that you didn't think you'd talk to normally um so that's kind of like the vibe of it um and some so, some of it's kind of like what's going on like that's insane but um I started because I knew I wanted to do my own thing. I've always wanted to do my own thing. I'm very like entrepreneur kind of like mindset. Like I, I know what, like if I have my mindset on something, I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to do it. Like it's going to get done. So I obviously had my old job and then I was like, you know what? Like I want to start my own thing. I want to grow my name. I want to grow my brand and just kind of like navigating. What am I doing in LA? You know, everybody has the phases of like, what the fuck is going on in my life? <laughs> Like literally, what am I doing with my life? Like, and this is awful. Um, but so I was like, I need to do something that I literally love and am gonna be happy doing. So I was in my garage, um, and I was like, what do I love? So I wrote a list, and it's like obviously corny because it's just like things that would not apply to interviewing people at all. But I was like, I love going, I love tanning. Like, I loved, <laughs> I love tanning in the sun. I love laying by the pool. And I was like, no, don't like think. What do you? you can't tan with people and interview them but I was like I love tanning I love working out I love people don't really know this necessarily but like I want to be like Aaron Andrews like I'm like and a diehard NFL girl um so a pucker up fun fact was originally supposed to be all NFL athletes but didn't end up going that direction but that was the intended goal um but so I NFL love sports and I love candy like I eat so much candy you don't understand like so much candy and it's funny because everything ties in because growing up, my reward besides going to hotel pools and stuff like that, which is so also sounds so weird, but um, 
I, my reward, if I did good was my mom would give me candy. Like it was always candy was the only thing that motivated me with my life. Um, and it's the one thing that I ate even when I was dieting and like literally not eating. Um, I still always would eat candy. So I was like, candy could be fun. You know, like what could I do with candy? But like people eating candy, but they like, what, how would that even work? And then one thought led to the other and led to the other. And then it was like sour candy. But then I was like, I need to get the world's most sour candy. Did months of research, getting different types of candy and stuff like that, or like not months, but weeks of research. And then finally I was like, I'm going to do sour candy people. I remember calling my mom and I tell my mom everything first, like beforehand, but she didn't, I just called her and told her the idea. Like there was no like briefing her like ideas or whatever. I was like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to start my own show and I'm going to have people eat sour candy and they're going to answer questions. And my mom was like, okay, like, okay. So I quit my job. And then I asked my two really, really good friends. Lolo's like one of my best friends um, to do like the pilot episode. And so they ended up doing the uh, pilot with me and I did like the game in general, but it didn't make sense at the time. Like the candy was there, but nothing made sense. So after that pilot, I like revamped it. And then Michael from all American, Michael Evans Bailing was the first official like episode and killed it. Like I was like, the idea is born. Like Everything's going to be okay. But my mom was the one who thought of the name because I called her and I was she's like well what are you gonna call it because I had everything ready to go she's like well you need a name and I was like oh, I don't know and she's like well what about pucker up I was like wait and then boom it was born pucker up's the best thing in the world I literally you said, you said you quit your job what was what were you doing when you quit to do pucker up I was working for Young Hollywood so it was an entertainment company that was the job that I quit to then start pucker up um and that it was just like time. It was just like, I was ready, you know, like I gained what I needed to gain, like grateful for everything I learned over there, the connections I made and everything, but it was like, nah, like it's my time to, to do my own thing. How did that conversation go with them? Is it like, cause I know like when, you know, you have like these different talent contracts, it's different than like, you know, if you work at, I don't know, dick sporting goods or something you yeah. write it two weeks and you're just out when the two weeks is over but like when it's like a contract and like was your contract ending did you cut it short like what happened like how did that you know go yeah so I I never was on a contract or, any, or anything like that I was host producer social like I did everything over at Young Hollywood so it was one of those things like it was just a conversation to be had because I wasn't in an actual like two-year contract three-year contract or anything it was more so like I was just opportunities that I was creating was what was happening on the network type of thing so it was just a conversation with my boss and then I was like I'm gonna go off and I'm gonna like do my own thing kind of thing and so that was really like there was no contract broken or anything like that so and that was literally like I didn't even know but or that like the timeline of it wasn't specific but it was right before like a week before the strike happened here in LA like so they kind of shut down anyways because no one was doing press or interviews or anything but I didn't know that was going to happen so it ended up they had to take a break anyways because no one was doing press so it worked out like he like figured things out that he was going to do and stuff like in like the little break so like the timing of it was crazy I had no idea that was going to happen but everything like happened when the strike was happening so it was just like a whole like it was transition period for everybody at that time because it was like what's going on type of thing so so 
you know, just through with, you know, Pucker Up and your time at, you know, Young Hollywood, you've done a bunch of interviews. And you know, I saw the one you did with Zendaya. You've had Lil Uzi. Like, you've done a bunch. And I feel like for all three of us who are in the journalism space, we interview a bunch of people, right? And um, I feel like giving people the opportunity to have a platform to speak and express their own opinions is, is what it's all about. But I think that we as interviewers can learn a lot from conducting yeah. interviews and having people talk and things like that. So I want to know, like, you know, what would you say something that, you know, you've learned? Like, if there's one interview you can think of, like, man, this was really, this this one was my favorite interview or maybe a conversation that you had um, that you're super proud of, you know? Um, is there one that comes to mind? The little Uzi. I, <laughs> that was my, that was crazy because of just how it happened and then how viral it went. Like, it went everywhere. But um, it was a Kids' Choice Awards carpet, like the orange carpet, but he wasn't doing any interviews. So how it was set up is like I was a corner, like little booth thing, um, like ha had like my little station, my videographer, Mateo, and our, my producer now, like they both work on Pucker Up now, um, Tyler. And Uzi did his like little Getty pictures right here. And then he just started to walk away. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I can't just let him leave. Like he's walking right by me. So I screamed, I would scream to Uzi. And then he turned around and he's little, he's so, and I'm in heel, like high heels. So like I'm up here, like in the clip, you can kind of see I'm bent over to interview him, but I literally scream Uzi and everyone was kind of just like this, but so did Uzi. So it doesn't matter because my little Uzi hurt me, but he looked over and it was like so quick, like his little body movements are so funny. So he looked over to me and his hair's all spiked and he shuffles over to me. Like I didn't, like, I literally would just like locked eyes and he started shuffling. I was like, come here, come here, come here. Like urgent, like come here, like something was gonna happen. So he like shuffles over, he doesn't walk. He like shuffles over and he just stands there, like just stands there. And I was like, oh, like this, I gotta go, I mean, fuck. Like, so I just, I had no, like I had questions, ideas of questions prepared, but when Uzi walks over to you, you don't think like what the questions you have written down don't end up being asked. So I was like, oh God. And so I just started asking questions and um, one of them went so viral. Like I woke up, it was everywhere, um, but only interview he did. He then left, literally left. But Nick tried, I think, or not Nick, but like people were like, Uzi, like you don't have time, you don't have time. But he stood right there. Like he didn't move, he was gonna do the interview. Like he was, he didn't care. Like he had to go, like I'm pretty sure he literally needed to go like rehearse or like perform, but no, he stayed right there. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? That is wild. So I feel like, I mean, that must have felt awesome, though, if, like, leaving that, knowing that you were the only interview that he did, number one, and that you had the confidence to be able to, like, call out to him. He actually comes in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, number one, a lot of people in our shoes, either they don't have the confidence to be able to, like, yeah. against the rules or, like, yell out when they know he probably hasn't done any interviews or they might just let him walk by and, you know, so what do you think, I guess, when you think about that aspect of it, like, what did that mean to you that he, you know, stopped to talk to you, that you had the only interview, um, and that it went as viral as it did? I, the, the previous question you had, like, how, what have you learned? Like, what, like, it has, like, the most interview that's impacted you or taught you something, maybe? I was, I think that Uzi interview, literally, because I just screamed. I don't know why I did. I don't know what came over me. Like, I'm not one, like, I am one to scream, to be honest, and like get someone's attention to like, I'm not afraid of, to do that. But I literally don't know why I screamed Uzi because I was convinced he wasn't going to do any interviews. So I think what that interview did is like, 
you just got to go for it. Like as a journalist, like even you two understand it. Like if you don't ask, you're not going to get anywhere. Like if you don't ask, it's always going to be a no because that opportunity isn't going to present itself. Like you asking me to do the podcast, like you could have just been like, nah, like she seems like she wouldn't be down to do it or whatever. Like you don't know until you ask. So like me, yeah, me screaming isn't asking. That's just me screaming a little Uzi. But like you literally as a, you just need to ask because you're never going to get a yes if you don't, or like opportunities aren't going to happen if you don't just go for it. So that's, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. Who's like someone for Puck Rub? Who's like someone that's like, I really want them to come and like be oh. in the show. E, what's the key? <laughs> I would love to have Lil Uzi back on Fucker Up because I just feel like that would be iconic to be like, because that was my old job. You know what I mean? Like I did that, like that shit went viral, like on their platform, even though I'm the one who posted it, edited it. I asked the questions, like everything, but like still like that was kind of the, like still on that platform. But my thing is like, Fucker Up's my child, my baby, like that what lives on there is because of what happened, like because of what I wanted to happen because everything that goes through there. So I, I would love Lil Uzi so much to be on pucker up like i think that would just be so iconic because of people so like people know because i blast like people that follow me like i blasted so much of like the uzi content so i just feel like it'd be like oh sit down like pucker up kind of thing and i think he loves sour candy so uzi i love kai like the streamer kai um i would die if he was on pucker i think that would be hilarious and then um like tom brady because i i really it was attended for nfl athletes um at first so uh, like tom would be insane i would die like literally die he'd be like you look familiar (laughs) (laughs) i'm seeing you with my ex (laughs) you know what listen another great manifestation opportunity yeah we're throwing into the universe we're throwing into the universe that would be those are the top i love them so I wanted to ask you because you talk, you know, a lot about how you wanted to be, you know, Aaron Andrews and like you or your love for sports and football and stuff like that, right? Like my first question is like, where did that come from? Where did that initial love for sports come from? Because obviously you're doing the, you know, the modeling, all that kind of stuff. You wouldn't think that you would be interested in like football and <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, where did that initial love for sports come from? Yeah. So I was talking about Syracuse before you started recording or whatever. <laughs> um, so my sister went to Cuse, loved basketball um she was always diehard like she can say any stat like you can name a player and she'll say like what their stat was for their game if they won they lost like it was like so I was like how do you how do you know you didn't even watch the game how do you know everything like she's so intelligent when it comes to sports it's kind of weird um especially because she wasn't an athlete herself she was just obsessed with sports and at first like I'm modeling like I'm like girly and like you know whatever um so I wasn't even like diehard sports but she forced me to go to the games and then she forced me to like watch them and stuff like that and then Sports Illustrated Kid Reporter happened because of really because my sister always had the games on like always was watching so the love for sports came from my sister just always making me watch the games getting me into it and she now works for the NBA on like the branding side she's always been working like in the sports world so I really it's really all because of my sister she taught me like to be obsessed so yeah. it's her fault yeah. it's her fault shout out shout out Syracuse man O three national champ man I gotta give my brother Billy Eden a shout out man I wonder if your sister knows my brother she might be able to rattle off his stats from that game she, I, was- she probably will she <laughs> literally probably will <laughs> but you mentioned like your sister and just you know 
the love of sports coming from there. How would you say it was like just growing up with a sister? Because I think a lot of times like when you have a sister, I've noticed with like my friends that have sisters, they tend to be better friends. And I don't know yeah. if that can like be attributed to they had a built-in friend at home or like whatever that case may be. Um, and just really what it means to just have like a unconditional sister relationship where it's not of course like you can just choose to like never text her again but like <laughs> you, you wouldn't do that so yeah. like how, how has like having a sister like one just made you a better friend but just when it came to just navigating things you know sometimes like of course you have mom but like if something yeah. happens you don't always want to be like hey mom you know because it can just you know because they're older times are different like the difference between 2023 is so different from 2013 like everything is just different so like I guess my question is first like how do you think having a sister kind of you know makes you a better friend you talked about running pucker up by like your two closest friends like how has that like helped you be another friend and just valuing those friendships as you're you know navigating this crazy online space yeah my sister we couldn't be more opposite like I, my type of men is not her type of men. Like she goes out and she parties, like she doesn't party a lot, but she parties a lot. I go out, but I don't part. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a huge party. I'm more like in the house grinding, working type of thing. Like she, the sports thing is like what connects us, but like she doesn't post anywhere on Instagram. She hasn't posted on Instagram in three and a half years. Like no feed posts. I'm like posting every day of my life. Like it's, we literally are polar opposites, but that girl's my best friend. And she always, and I think it's also because like, obviously I kept modeling up. She got in to at first but like she was never jealous never resentful like because like I'm in magazines like I'm on tv if you turn it on like I'm with all these athletes you got me into sports like she could totally have resented me or been like what the hell and like obviously I'm mom and dad's favorite so <laughs> she could have easily been mad because mom and dad love me more but she never was <laughs> I'm just kidding but still like my life really was the focus of the family. Cause mom and dad had to drive me to New York and stuff like that. Like she's in school. Like when my grandparents are like watching her and she's spending the night there every night because we're not in like town. So I think I value her so much because she really like, obviously there's things I want to vent about too, because it's just like, sometimes I want to just be in college with my friends and I like was modeling or like trying to chase this huge dream, but it's like, I should just be at a frat party right now. So like, I always had my sister to vent to and she always would listen. She never like judged me. We never grew apart through it. So I think like just knowing like she was always there for me and she understood like when I was sad or like when I just wanted to give up, like she would keep me motivated to be like, no, it's going to pay off. You're going to be fine. Cause like your parents telling you is like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like you have to tell me that you're my mom and dad, but like my sister telling me to keep going. It's like my sister's like probably the most respected opinion. Like I have on the planet, like that's my sister, you know? So she really honestly probably kept me sane. Like I value her so much and like our friendship and our dynamic and everything. So I think, and that's shaped probably a lot of like how I friendship or have friendships with some of my friends where it's just like, yeah, we might not have the same like interests or whatever, but like you can still be friends and like you can still care about someone and like tap into what they're doing type of thing. So I think really the reason I kept going is because of my sister, because there was sometimes I was just like, I can't. And she'd be like, Jolie, just shut up. Just keep going. <laughs> I'd be like, no, I want to kill you. Yeah. I can, I can relate, you know, I'm a fun fact. I'm an identical twin. So, you know, Oh I my God, there's two of you. There's two. He doesn't have the dreads though. There's two of us, but <laughs> um, you know, I, I think me and you have a lot in common, you know, being our parents' favorites, you know what I'm saying? I'm also yeah. you know, the favorite, um, but yeah. we're also super, super opposite though, you know, as far as our interests, like everything, you know? So I think that it, that's super cool. Um, but I wanted to ask you, so 
obviously talk, touching on sports and this is a platform where we kind of dive into sports and fashion and all plethora of things yeah, everything. for you i wanted to ask you right like you being in the industry being in la like interviewing athletes kind of having that you know full range um, um full vantage point i think 2023 like today's athlete is different than any other right today's athletes yeah. are interested in so many other things like off the field where it's fashion photography media entrepreneurship so I wanted to just get your two cents on having been in the industry for so long and knowing some of these athletes and talking to them on Pucker Up and getting to see, you know, what today's modern, you know, athlete looks like. How do you think sports and entertainment and sports and pop culture intersect, you know, and what are the areas that I think, you know, the people can, I guess, be more accepting to, I guess, the new era of athletes in today's day and age where it's not just sports, 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 right? Everybody's kind of well-rounded, you know, nowadays. I think figure like athletes being down to do pucker up is like something I get shocked about. Like you, you're going to be, you're down to be on pucker up. Like, I'm going to ask you about your dating life and like your personal life. Like, I don't care about your stats. Like you're going to talk about like, what's going, like, who did you go to the club yesterday type of thing. So just athletes in general saying yes. And that they're down is like shocking to me, but I think what it is in like just talking to them at parties and like talking to them on pucker up and like meeting them at networking events is that it's like, because everything is online these days and like you as an athlete yourself probably it's like no I want people to hear me out besides just the sport like I want people to get to know me like I'm actually like a cool guy or like I have stuff to say so I think what it is is like athletes now have interest outside of just the sport and they want to be like they want to get known outside the sport because if you have a presence online like you're just liked by so many more people so I think it's like one of those things like people want to get their story out and like talk about themselves more. And I love it because like with me, like I don't want to talk to athletes about like the sport. Like I'm going to ask one or two questions because that's what's going to trend. But like, I don't, I want to know about like you off the field. Like, why do you love fashion or like, why do you love video games type of thing? Like, I think athletes are just down because it's so normal now to talk about yourself in like a different way than it I think has been before you know like it's just so normal now I feel like so it's just like fun and people want to talk their talk yeah I love that I love that all right so we're gonna have a little bit of fun I know you gotta run here soon so we want to have a little bit of fun before you gotta run you know what I'm saying oh that rhyme too that's dope Andrew good job <laughs> um, write that down write that down right 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 so all right so I want to ask you man because you know like I said I, I listened to a bunch of the puck rub episodes and you know it was one, one, I forgot the exact guess that you were having on, but you were talking about like celebrity crushes and all that type of stuff, you know? So, <laughs> and you mentioned you have a specific, you know, liking to Justin Jefferson, you know? So <laughs> I wanted to ask, you know what I'm saying? Would you ever slide into Justin Jefferson's DMs? Oh, I have. Oh, okay. So what's the tea? Like, what did you say? How, how does Roy slide into Justin Jefferson's DMs? And then did you get I I love you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I'm going to marry you one day. So you might want to reply to my message, babe. <laughs> you might want to reply. No, oh. I slid in his LSU days because I've been a diehard, like diehard Justin Jefferson. No, he's going to, we're going to get married one day and he's going to see this and be like, oh my God, like <laughs> that's so embarrassing. <laughs> no, I'd actually, I knew about him at LSU. That's how I became obsessed with him. I don't think I actually DM'd him his LSU days. I think it was like his second year in the league. I think I just said hi. And then I unsent it like an hour later because I was like, no, I can't. I can't. Wow. Unsending is I crazy. Decide, but I did unsend it. I did unsend it. Unsend is crazy. So he didn't even, um, why didn't he have a shot? I didn't even have a shot because I unsent it before he'd even see it. So <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but I do like Justin Jefferson. 
Okay. Okay. So now we got to give you a taste of your own medicine. You know, one of your favorite questions to ask people is about their red flags. So <laughs> what are these three red flags? My top three. Oh, God. <laughs> I literally always I'm like if I ever get asked the pucker up questions I literally will have to eat like I can't I can't answer <laughs> like I torture people and like I wouldn't even answer yes I respect it I respect it now it's your turn this is for all the guests on pucker up I know they're like literally so, so mm -hmm. happy right now my I have one mm, okay. I'm very like I don't even know I guess my top red flag is like one, I'm loyal in the talking stage. So basically like once I'm locked on one person, no one else is getting a shot. Like I'm locked in, like you, like I only like you. And that can be a big red flag, but I think it's more red flag just for my, my mental health because it's, it sucks. <laughs> but I think I, I fall hard. We'll say that I'm loyal in the talking stage, but I also fall hard. I fall pretty hard, but you're never going to know that you don't like I don't tell people that like I'm very chill and like nonchalant which probably bites me in the ass because it's like does she even like me and it's like no I literally love you ah. <laughs> but I think I'm I fall I fall hard could be one, that mm. could be one. so are um, you the crazy type like when you you know you you talking to a guy right so maybe you're in a talking stage but you're not like boyfriend and girlfriend yet but you're in love already right yeah are you the, are you the crazy stalker type like you know what is the energy giving yeah <laughs> The energy is giving very nonchalant because like I'm obsessed with you, but I have too much shit going on that it's like, I don't actually care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care that much. Like I, like, I like you and like, I like your vibe, but like, I'm not doing too much. Like, I don't like, I don't actually care. You know, <laughs> it's probably a bad thing that I don't care as much. I should care more, but I'm just like, no, like I am obsessed with you, but I'm not going to do shit about it. Like, I'm still going to just do me. <laughs> so it's like, I'm so weird. I'm literally so weird. Um, Another one is that I literally will choose my career over you, like, or over anything, which could be a red flag, but also couldn't be a red flag because that's, like, a good thing. But, like, I will choose over everything. Like, nothing's coming, be like, before that. Like, if they're like, oh, meet the love of your life, have this beautiful family, like, be so happy, or get your career, I'd be like, career. Like, I don't need that. And no love. Like, career, no no love, no man. You'll be, you'll yeah. choose over having like a like alone yeah. alone like alone alone yeah wow yes. correct yeah i kind of i want to know one of andrew's red flags <laughs> oh god because <laughs> i feel like it's always the the the, the most randomest thing that you're like mm, actually can never text her again <laughs> yeah 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 are you saying like my like my red flag? Like, like one one red flag. If you're talking to a girl, one red flag. Oh, about another girl. Yeah, the girl like like a red flag. No, not like one of your personal ones. Like, but like okay. if a girl you're talking to, and and she does said thing, you're never yes. texting. Dang. Okay, for me, <laughs> that's a good question. Now you're on Parker up. A fact. <laughs> it's a good question. Um. I think it's kind of similar to you, what you said, Julie, about like, I've had girls that would say like, oh, um, you, like, it's, it's me or basketball. You had to choose, you know what I'm saying? Like, You're always in the gym, like, like can I, and I'm like, bro, if you make me choose between you and basketball, I'm sorry, babe, like, you're going to be hurt. <laughs> this is going to be hurt. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's that whole thing, like, people, like when people think that you're supposed to, I, I think your your relationship should complement your your life right. and your career and stuff. It shouldn't, you shouldn't have to rank them or put 
this above this. I think like when people try to make me choose and act like, oh, well, well, ball is white. No, all you care about is basketball. You should go date. Yeah, you should go date something. Then it's like, girl, like come on now. That's my yeah. that's my one pet peeve. That I don't like. I'll say. Yeah. Um. Now this one, I I, I look. You want to? I know we're short on time, so I'm definitely gonna ask Joy. I'm not gonna ask Alexis on another episode, but I need <laughs> to give me your worst date ever because I feel like for me the context, right? I feel like a lot. Of, I didn't really realize how bad women have when it comes to the dating pool i've never really had a bad date you know what i'm saying like, i've had like girls say things where it's like mm, i don't know if i'm gonna see her again but i've never had like a bad date and i've talked to some of my female friends and they'll tell me stories and i'll be like he did what he said what? <laughs> like so i need your your craziest date or worst date experience that comes to your mind or the craziest line somebody dropped when pursuing you i'll do craziest line because i don't really I don't be really giving people time of day to, I don't be dating. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even have a date story because, but I've had some wild shit been said to me. Let me think. <laughs> Cause the LA men are crazy, man. <laughs> like, this shit's wild. Yeah. Like, God damn. <laughs> I, I think I'm trying to think of like a specific, like wild thing. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe you said that. But I think also, I think I'll like people will just be like, oh, I'll do like I'm trying to think. A lot of people are ruthless is in like they just hit up your like that's my best friend. Like she is on my Instagram. Why are you DMing her? You cause she didn't reply, you're DMing me, or vice versa. Like, are are you dumb? Like, that's my best friend. That's my girlfriend. Like, I'm gonna know about this. Like, men, I think that is like pet peeve, but also just like that's my best friend why are you going for my best friend and they do it all the time it's like god damn like i can't no don't go for my best friend i'm gonna drop a toxic line for for you guys i'm gonna drop a toxic line for you guys you know you like this one shut up pucker up um, <laughs> people always say you know <laughs> this is so out of pocket people always say don't let your girlfriend stop you from finding your wife so okay on that same token one could say don't let your best friend, you know, your best friend ain't want me. Maybe, hey, you know, hey, your, your absolutely friend, not. Your friend could be my wife. Alexis like, is like, no, immediately, no, like, no. shut it you down. No, <laughs> okay, future, okay, future, no, <laughs> no. Oh my god, oh, that was so I guess another quick one, and you can just like summarize your content person or even if it's not the most famous person the, the person where we're like oh you have their contact like did like a surprising like you know oh wait what was the per first part of the question so like he's like the most famous person on your phone or like if someone knew that you had their number they'd be like oh how did that come about oh it doesn't have to be like of the other sex just like anybody most famous i don't have his number but Shaq from interviewing him <laughs> o'neal um who else would be like a big one? Hmm. I have Tom Brady's email. <laughs> um, I would probably say the biggest one probably would be Shaq. I'm like trying to see and look through my. Who is it? Who have I been like? Holy shit. Oh, Lil Yachty. I... <laughs> He's a, he could be a big one. A good one. But only from I asked him to be on Pucker Up and he did reply. But he was like, I would, I, he's like, I wanted like, see the more of the show. 
And then it was like, okay, I'm obviously not going to hear back from him. Like, it wasn't weird shit. Like, he was just like, I need to see more of the show first. But that was wild. I'm like, Lil Yachty's DMing me back. What the? What? Yeah, at least he so was I would probably say Shaq because of interviewing him. Okay. And then what was the last question, the quick hitters? Um, what was the first thing that came to your mind when you seen that Trey Songz DM come across your page? Oh my God, you saw that. Great. I did, <laughs> <laughs> I did my yeah, research. I remember I said that online. <laughs> that was, I was like, what? What is going on? What? literally what like sometimes it's like because I grew up listening to these people or like grew up watching them and like now they're in my dms I'm just like wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> like this is this is not this is not real like that was kind of just like what it's every like every moment's like a what what is going on and then you reply and you're just like hopefully they reply again <laughs> it's like making me not a big deal when is he gonna write back when is he gonna text back <laughs> you reply back <laughs> Trey Songz did, yeah, afterwards. But that I just wanted him on, like, I DM'd him, like, two years later and was like, hey, do you want to be on Pucker Up? But he didn't read it, so. You know what? Short-lived, short-lived. I'm going to need the tea after, off-air, you know. I, I want to know what, what 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 bro came with. I need to know his DM sauce. Like, <laughs> what's, what's he jumping in the DMs with? You know what I'm saying? I need to look, because I don't remember now. I remember I freshly off that interview, because I interviewed him, and then he DM'd me, but... um off the podcast i i don't think i said what he said but i don't even remember now but i'll go look because i still have the thread obviously we're gonna get the tea we're gonna get the tea but um i know you gotta run so the last question we always ask our guests is yes. who should we have next on the what's in your bag podcast but whatever you say you got to get in your assist bag and help us get them on the show get my assist bag well you're you like sports like you're big in sports yes i think for you tutu atwell he was about to pucker up, but he would be, he'd be fun. He's funny. Like, he's a funny guy. I got him on my fantasy team, too. So that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. We could definitely get that, make that happen, for sure. That'd be sick. I think you'd have fun with Tutu. And Tutu's, he's so funny. Like, he's a, and he's a good guy. Okay. Well, if you could plug that for us, that would be major, man. I got you. Got to, got to text Tutu for you. Um, This has been super fun. And I just want to say, you know, for you, I can just thank you so much for coming on. Um, You know, I think it's not often where you can meet somebody just through Instagram and, you know, have an hour long yeah. conference with somebody and have a great time, you know, and I love your energy. You're such a, a positive person and a positive light and somebody I think a lot of people can learn something from, you know, so I just want to say thank you for coming on. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I'm going to be in LA in December. So hopefully I can talk. I can yeah, hit me. I'm here. When yeah. are you going to be in LA? Cause I'm going to be in LA in December. We'll be <laughs> like, there like, oh, you are. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm going to be there around Christmas, New Year's. I'm going to be there around Christmas, New Year's too. <laughs> We can have a gang lick up. We can have a gang lick up. It might be giving pucker up episode. I don't it's know. It's giving pucker up episode. It's giving pucker up. I'm ready. I'm ready. Now y'all can really see how sour the candy is because trust, I, trust. I'm, I'm it is I, I trust my 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 ability. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, no, you say great. that now. You say that now. Well, what we'll the same person? What we'll the same person? We'll see. The folks will have to see. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, but I just want to say thank you for your time. It was awesome. We had a lot, a lot of fun, and um, I'm looking forward to see once you get that SI cover you're in the magazine. You know, <laughs> that you now. Shout so, out to you for continuing to be a light in this world. Oh my God! Well, thank you so much. And I, re I, I know I said this before, but I respect you guys a lot for doing this because it's a grind, but it's fun. For sure, for sure. Um, alrighty, guys, this has been another episode of the What's in Your Bag podcast presented by Bet Online. 
As always, give us a thumbs up if you're still watching. Subscribe. Make sure you guys follow Jolie on Instagram, TikTok. Check out her content at Jolie Live. Um, until next time, folks, peace. Suave. Suave. Been in my back for a while, I'm invincible Story of a young boss, grinding shit critical Calling on my bros one time, cause you special I had some hood dreams of writing rounds for my mentor Every target that I shoot is on point like a pencil Different road, change relationships, I'm so sorry Came up from the trenches and I made it, I say hardly now Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show And giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.